Hi guys, welcome to 52 Conversations with me, Janice Howe. Each week, join me for a conversation, a chat, a space for connection, community and change, sharing stories and insights. Sign up for your free 52 Conversations planner and to be the first to experience the latest conversations, visit 52convos.com. Thanks. I really hope you enjoy the episode. Some conversations will be mind-blowing and you'll sit there and you'll have the most profound change. So, hey Will, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. Cool, thank you. Thank you for joining me on 52 Conversations. No, it's my pleasure to be here. Well, it's good. It's always good to have a good conversation. And ever since we met, we've been having good conversations. So it's fitting to put it into a 52. So um, we met, we were connected through a passion, I suppose, for mental health, helping people be the best versions of themselves, etc. But rather than me talking about that, maybe you can tell people who you are what you do, and then we can kind of, we can maybe reverse engineer the conversation because I always think it's really cool to start with where people are, maybe how we've met, and then kind of go back to how we got to this point and you doing what you're doing. Does that sound good? Sounds great. Cool. So you are? (laughs) Well, I'm Will Smith, and, uh, you know, I'm a person who is passionate about mental health. And, you know, I, I was on a flight traveling from Miami back to Washington, where I was living at the time. And uh, I happened to be seated next to uh, a gentleman and he seemed just out of sorts. So I simply asked him, hey, are, you know, are you okay? You know, and uh, that's when the floodgates opened. And uh, he shared with me that uh, he had just married his daughter and that he was traveling back from Miami to DC. And uh, he just went on and on and on. And uh, I felt felt very, very bad for him. And uh, as he talked, because I was simply listening, uh, I asked a few pointed questions and, uh, you know, I could see the release happening before my eyes. And uh, fast forward to uh, touchdown. He thanked me profusely and, you know, it was, it was strange for me because I really didn't do anything except show concern. Mm-hmm. And uh, he told me that he was in a terrible space and that uh, he did not know how he was going to proceed. And uh, I said, well, you know, uh, have you ever considered talking to someone uh, in terms of that's kind of code for therapy? Yeah. And uh, he said, no, I I can't afford that. I don't have insurance. And as a result of that experience where, you know, I know that I have, uh, you know, certain skills that, you know, I can share. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is my calling. This is my way to help people uh, transition from whatever issues that they're having to some form uh, 
or some antidotal uh, process of becoming who they want to be. So uh, as a result of that conversation, imbue wellness was birthed. And uh, what we do is we link people who are seeking therapy with licensed therapists. And uh, we do that virtually, whether it be through uh, chat, uh, video, or telephone conversation. And also, uh, we have a foundation called the Future Wellness Foundation. And uh, our goal is to provide uh, access to wellness. And uh, we do this through roundtable discussions. Uh, we're raising money so that we can assist uh, the underserved community in terms of not just the United States, but worldwide in terms of providing uh, therapy services. Cool. So that's, that's who I am. Uh, uh, that's what I represent. And that's, uh, that's your, that's your passion. Um, and it's, it's really interesting listening to you explain that because all you were doing really was listening to somebody and maybe as you say, asking a few questions yet the transformation that happened for that man was obviously immense. That's correct. Uh, I was very surprised at his reaction um, because I don't like, I don't have a background, you know, in psychology yeah. or therapy. And, you know, the thrill that I got from being able to help really uh, helped to create the passion that I have today. Absolutely. I, I, I always say that as a, as a therapist, coach, hypnotherapist, whatever I'm going to call myself today, um, <laughs> we're really lucky because I get paid twice. I get paid twice and they get to keep the change in terms of I get paid a monetary fee, but I get paid in seeing the change that happens before our eyes and literally to be in a position. So sometimes when I think about that, I think, oh, does that mean I'm all in my ego then? Because I just need to go, oh, well done, Janice. And actually it isn't that. It's just, there's something really beautiful about being able to hold space for somebody and see that change happen, which is fantastic. So your, your background was nothing to do with this though. That's not what your, your real job is. Should we say that? Not at all. Uh, my background is government contracting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which is not as, which is not, uh, I mean, obviously people need to service, but uh, yeah. it's not as fulfilling. Okay. But clearly you need great people skills, listening skills, negotiation skills, and all of those things that come into play with that. So, so in terms then of the MBU Wellness and Future Foundations, what is your, you know, you've said there you want to help people everywhere. So when you've touched on something that was really important for me, which is part of a dialogue, obviously I'm over in the UK, you mentioned the word insurance with this conversation with this gentleman, you know, and it's something that boggles my mind continually when I think about the States, you know, how people, because it's, it's it, you know, it's the same in the UK, you can get into the NHS and you can get a certain amount of support. Um, 
and we probably have some really good support but also we have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people trying to get that support so not everybody gets it so in terms of that side of it did does it just make you feel that you're really looking to fill a gap i suppose of these people that can't get the access they can get it at an affordable price or it can be i don't know people fundraising so that the charitable side of it can take care of that is that something that's really important to you yeah, absolutely it's it's the price but also it's a very convoluted process in terms of uh, for example you know if i'm looking for a particular therapist. Uh, it could be uh, Christian-based, uh, it could be race-based, uh, it could be I'm looking for you know, a therapist who uh, specializes in anxiety issues. And it's very difficult to find uh, that therapist going through because you have X amount of therapists to choose from. <laughs> Yeah. And then you have to select the one that's closest to, you know, what you're seeking. Yeah. Uh, so when you combine that and then also, you know, you've got to, in many cases, pay up front. Yeah. So there are a lot of challenges and not to mention the stigma of Absolutely. walking into an office and sitting on a couch or a chair, whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, a lot of people, especially since, you know, uh, we now live in a virtual world, uh, you know, people are a lot more comfortable uh, Absolutely. text messaging, you know, whatever issues that you're experiencing, or yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be an issue because I mean, sometimes just being able to communicate with a person and getting good feedback is everything. It's like going to the gym. Absolutely. I, and I, I, it's really interesting that you use that thing. It's like going to the gym because actually, in a way, what we have to do is we have to work our minds and our bodies. And the problems that people have for a lot of the time is their minds have got stuck. They're not exercising their brains. And I, I think a lot of the time, I quite often will say that I'm just somebody who's who's there to help you open the door because lots of people have got their hands on the door. They know there's something wrong, but they literally just don't know how to open the door and go through onto the other side. But before we sort of go, go down to that point. So I know you're really passionate um, about, you know, people of color, everybody being able to get access, which I think is hugely important. I mean, at the end of the day, as far as I'm concerned, I think everybody should be able to have access to someone to talk to. Full stop, end of story, because 100%. we have family, we have friends, etc. And we have people that are good listeners. But actually, I was I was having a conversation earlier and I sort of was sort of saying we need somebody who's objective, who is able to fully understand without getting emotionally caught up in what in what's going on. Correct. Absolutely. Cool. So. In, in terms, I want to go into a bit of the, um, the ethnic part of it in a way, because I know from my time in the Caribbean, there's a massive stigma, <laughs> a massive stigma. And we've, and we've been dealing with that, organising different things. How do you feel it's going in terms of, do you think some of those um, barriers are starting to slowly be eroded and, and has potentially dare I say, 
COVID and the pandemic helped to erode some of those barriers? Absolutely. I think uh, COVID has played a tremendous role in, uh, you know, eliminating some of the barriers. Uh, I think with younger folks, you know, the stigma is not as prevalent. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I would say that, you know, even, uh, you know, I am 29. No, I'm not 29. <laughs> I'm 56. Okay. And, uh, you know, if when I was younger, if I had mentioned to my mother that you know, I wanted to speak with a therapist, uh, she would have, uh, you know, really yeah. been concerned. Yeah, what's going on? Absolutely. But, uh, you know, with my children, it's, it's you know, I remember uh, one of my uh, kids' friends saying that they don't want to have friends who don't speak to therapists. Right. Just made my heart smile. That's, that's it. That's an interesting thought to think about, isn't it? You know, because that's then an understanding that, you're going to get such a benefit from being able to talk out some of your stuff versus getting stuck in the stuff and, and staying there all the time. It's also quite interesting and please, please be nice to me when I say this. A lot of the time we look at um, America and we look at movie stars and musicians and all these people and they're always, they're always like, I'm in therapy, I'm in therapy. And there's a part of me that kind of wants to cry because I'm like, oh my God, yes. But you know, and you're claiming that you've been in therapy for years. So there's something clearly not working in your therapy. Do you know what I mean? So I think sometimes it can, it, it's been over the years at different times. It's trendy to be in therapy. Yeah, um, certainly from my point of view, sitting on my side of the fence, I only want to work with people who want to make changes. Whereas, you know, I was watching something the other day and this person was saying that they, oh, you've been in therapy with me for three years and nothing's changed. And I'm kind of like, I want to, sh I want to shoot the therapist, <laughs> A, because what have, you, what have you been doing for three years other than taking their money? And that's, and that's a big part of, you know, things that need to be explored is, there's a lot of people just taking money for therapy, but not actually helping people make changes. How do you feel about that? And how much of that do you actually see? Well, I think, uh, you know, as it relates to, you know, celebrities, I think it's bittersweet because, you know, uh, they influence the general public. Absolutely. And uh, if there is a pathway because a celebrity said that, you know, I'm in therapy and that encourages one who is having issues to seek therapy. I'm right. uh, and, you know, in terms of, you know, an individual who's been in therapy for three years, I think there's a wide range of needs. So you may have an individual who needs to have that uh, ongoing conversation. And uh, actually, I have a mentor who has been taking therapy for 41 years, believe it or not. And he says that it's his treat to himself. Yeah. And uh, so every two weeks, he talks to his therapist. He becomes aligned for that two-week period. Yeah, yeah. And he talks to the races. 
So if it helps him, and it's been helping him for 41 years, and I mean, he is a happy individual. Yeah, so, I, th yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think sometimes it's, ter it's terminology though. I mean, because, you know, in, in my world, if I have somebody that wants to speak to me once a month, I view that as coaching or mentoring. Yes. It's Absolutely. Not, it's not Absolutely, and I, I, think it's, I think it's really important, you know, that because there is a difference between coaching and therapy and it's kind of what are you getting from, you know, what's what's the journey what's the purpose I mean I absolutely believe I have a mentor we should all have people that we're talking to because none of us none of us is perfect despite what we may think do you know what I mean we we all need that support absolutely my uh, my father's best friend has been alone in his apartment his wife died uh probably six months prior to COVID and uh so he's been alone in his apartment for it's been about a year and a half isolation is not a good thing no so you know just to have someone and you know unfortunately especially men uh, we don't always have you know someone that we can call and you know we're not the most you know communicative <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, usually with women, you'll have a girlfriend, your mother, yeah. your auntie, and you just share. And that's why women live longer than men, right? <laughs> because you're released. Yeah. So I do think it is important that, and I, again, I agree with you in semantics in terms of whether it's coaching or whether it's therapy, but uh, I do believe that you know, we should have access to someone that we can talk to uh, in the loneliness of, of our room, especially, yeah. you know, like I said, with COVID. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned the, ma the man thing there then and how different men are in terms of whether they've got, you know, the friend or the, the feeling that they can open up. So is that something that within the business models you'd like to be more open with and to start exploring how to maybe do some men's groups I mean I'm just speaking as as I'm listening now and 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 seeing and hearing that because I know for myself um that to get men to that point where they feel comfortable can be a bit of a leap yet then when they get there they really feel the benefits that's correct uh we do intend through Future Wellness Foundation to have barbershop talks cool. where, uh, you know, we'll have uh, a couple of therapists go into a barbershop and, uh, and just discuss, you know, mental health because... Just start a conversation. Absolutely. Because, I mean, you know, as men, our natural inclination is to, you know, keep it in. Yeah. And, uh, you have to be strong, you know, you can't uh, expose your true feelings. And uh, that is not the way. <laughs> no, I, and I, I think and, ta and taking it into a natural environment where people are relaxed, they're in the space, because I'm sure the barbershop is just like the ladies hairdresser, right? People are chatting. That's correct about all sorts of things so to actually have somebody in there that can just kind of chip and add something in and open a broader conversation because i think that's what's really important is here is we have to maintain this conversation 
we have to keep the conversation going because what happens for a lot of people is something gets sparked, something gets triggered and then there's nowhere for it to go. And then it all stops. So it's how we, how do we keep this open conversation going? I mean, how, how do you see the bigger picture going out? Not just for your business models, literally for people to be able to be okay with talking and how we can access this much more freely than we have been able to. I, I do think that it's happening. I think that uh, COVID has forced it to happen. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, in social media, you see a lot of influencers uh, talking about uh, mental health. Uh, Naomi Osaka. You know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, her position in terms of refusing not to interview based on you know, her mental health. Yeah. And I think I, that, uh, that's I think, a, yeah. uh, a great discussion. Absolutely. Going forward. Absolutely. I th- I, for me, that was a key, a key point of someone actually just saying, no, I'm not going to do that. And if that means this, then actually that's okay because my health, my mental health is more important than just doing exactly as she said, where I'm potentially doing all these interviews, I'm being asked the same nonsense questions, and then I'm just being made to feel a certain way. And actually, that's not helpful to anyone, is it? But it kind of makes you look at how the the world is is thinking that it's okay just because somebody is in a public forum, as an example, that it's okay for us to pave that way and to make them feel that way. Absolutely. And I mean, that just makes zero sense. Absolutely. Um, you know, they're not in the mental space to have the discussion. So uh, the general public is not going to get their true reaction. No. Because they know that <laughs> if they say what they feel, they'll be fine. Absolutely. <laughs> so <laughs> how could this possibly make sense? No it's it's really it's really crazy isn't it and you know the whole i was just talking to somebody else before recording a conversation and we were talking about you know the gifts that covid may have given us and the pandemic and how it's changed things and i think there's been absolutely fantastic opportunities for us despite all the misery and pain it's just that we've got to be able to be in the mental headspace to understand the learnings that have been received so you know if I think about my own journey my father died right at the beginning and there's been some real pain in there and there's been some real discomfort but man have there been some learnings and some things that have made me sort of sit back and think okay so what am I what am I doing for my own mental health when I was just out out on the road literally walking hiking cycling was I running away from my grief was I managing it? Was I trying to stay one way or another? And because I understand as much as I do and I do what I do, you know, I navigated my way through that. Now, all of this time down the line, I can see some real learnings. And I think the key thing for a lot of people is to be actively reflecting on the learnings of the last year and a half, really. In terms of the way that you look at the model that you've created, with MVU and Future Foundations, 
has it made you think that you need to change some of the way that you were thinking of going or is it just reiterated we're doing this the right way this is the path yes uh you know i'm always rethinking and uh you know with future wellness uh it's still a very young foundation and the challenge that i have is there are so many things that i want to do i see there are so many ways that uh, that we can play a major role in you know with some of these issues <coughs> but on the other hand uh it's important that i stay focused and have a, you know, a singular focus rather than you know be all over the place so that is uh you know that's my greatest challenge i'm constantly talking to to people uh you know i have some great mentors behind me i know a lot of very smart people and uh so i'm hoping that you know within the next uh 12 to 24 months we will really be in a position to do some major things cool so do you do you have um demographics in mind that you're most passionate about kind of get getting into in the nicest possible way do you know what i mean is it is it youth is it elderly is it men is it women are, are there parts of the society that you know so it's me when i think about um my yoga as an example if i want to incorporate more yoga therapy in my work and do more things i really only want to do that with kids and old people because the way i look at that is well if i get the kids doing it now and yeah they're getting all that they're getting the workout the physical part of the yoga but actually they're getting breath and meditation blah 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 and if they get that when they're young that's great equally if we give that to them when they're elderly and they're thinking, oh, we're getting ready to check out and we can't do this. And we can say, well, actually, you can do yoga in your chair and then you can do yoga standing up and da, 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 da. So it's kind of like we're getting them in at the beginning of life and then adding life at the at what's supposed to be the checkout kind of period. So are, are there areas that you know that you want to fuel more into? Yeah. Yes, I uh, am very passionate with younger folks but I'm certainly not leaving out uh, the, uh, the more seasoned. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think that uh, the greatest amount of change and, you know, based on what I see in terms of, you know, uh, across the world, uh, got some very, very serious young folks who are looking to change the world. And, uh, you know, and I'm not just speaking from the perspective of uh, behavioral health, uh, you know, there's climate change. Yeah. There's, you know, you see more young people getting involved in, you know, political system. So I, I'm encouraged, but we do have a long way to go. But, uh, you know, my my greater focus is <coughs> you know, the young and the, uh, the underserved. Yeah. Okay. I th and I think the thing is as well, one of the things that you said there in the world that we live in now with technology social media and uh people being more open about speaking their minds and sharing their thoughts and standing up for their causes they're also so much more seeable right so therefore the attacks that come and we see it all the time on social media is is also full on 
and I can see and do see and talk to people and clients and people whose children have been physically attacked for sharing their opinions. Right. And, you know, we have to find more ways to build up their mental health and their what I'm going to call behavioral flexibility so that actually when you flex your muscles, you're not going to then just fall apart because 30 people decide to wade in on social media. Do you know what I mean? And that's a real thing for everyone now. You know, if you're out there and you're having an opinion, you have to be prepared for the fact that people are going to disagree with your opinion. Yet that, you know, the mental health impact on that is huge. We see that all the time. You know, you we open the newspapers or we see these dreadful stories where it's just been too much for someone. And how, how do you think that we can help to increase their mental strength and fortitude that actually it's okay? And, you know, a lot of the voices that are over there we have to learn to be able to just literally do what I'm doing now. Just go like that. It just doesn't matter because that's hugely important for the path forwards. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, social media, although, you know, it, uh, you know, it is a lot of fun. It's entertaining, but uh, it does create a lot of uh, anxiety. I mean, it's all about the clicks and, uh, you know, you post a picture, uh, you know, you may get the clicks, but then, you know, you may get some negative comments and, uh, you know, how does that affect you? Uh, you know, I, in the morning, I'll generally, uh, look at Twitter and, uh, I'll move to, uh, to Instagram and, uh, and LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, sometimes I really have to dial back because, you know, with, you know, all of the racial issues, political issues, it, uh, it, it can be a bit much. And uh, what's happening now, which, you know, obviously is 24 seven news is the, uh, the, the apartment that collapsed in Surfside in Miami. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's so heartbreaking to, you know, hear the interviews of, you know, families that have lost their loved ones. And, uh, you know, you're constantly bombarded with, you know, these negative images. And yeah. it does, I mean, it, it will take a toll on you. For sure. So, you know, one has to know when to turn it on and when to turn it off. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, that's why, again, I think that, uh, you know, being able to speak to a therapist uh, in terms of, you know, looking at your day and, uh, you know, how things affect you and developing strategies so that these things don't affect you. And, uh, you know, we all want to be happy. Uh, happy is the new wealth. I mean, because yeah. you can have all the money in the world. Yeah. Means nothing, right? If you're not happy. Yeah. And I, I can tell you, I know a lot of very wealthy people 
that are super miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's, 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 so, it's so interesting. I, was, I had a quick conversation earlier this morning with a, a new client who I've just sort of scheduled for the first conversations. And I just was sort of saying to her, you know, there's a whole lot going on in the world. And unless you're really clear and strong in your mind in the way that you approach your own self, and for me, that is massively about the language that I taught to myself, my self-care. I said, unless you start doing that first, then there's almost no point going to the rest of it. It's like, let's start here. And we have to build that ability so that we can say, I'm turning that off. I'm not listening to that. That's not for me. So when you were talking before, I was thinking it's a bit like being Teflon, isn't it? You know, we just don't want some stuff to stick to us. And we've got to find the way. And by having conversations with a therapist, a coach, a mentor, whatever we are going to call them, it's the fact that you can offload some of that stuff park it and move on and not take it with you which you know the older that we get past the conversation I was having just before was you know maybe it's that we're women of a certain age but maybe it's that you're a man of a certain age that we've now got all this experience that we can look back in the rear view mirror and say man why was I caught up in that stuff do you know what I mean I didn't need to be doing that and I know better now but also We've had the learning, we've had the experiences, we've had the books, we've had the self-seeking. So we can, so last night as an example, my latest little project for my own self-care is in the evenings, probably four nights a week, I, I choose a random documentary or film to watch about. And some of the things I'm picking, I've never even looked at before. So I've been watching things about uh, young girls who've escaped from the United Arab Emirates and things like that and the way their lives were. And then watching, I don't know, just random things. And last night I ended up re-watching The Shift, um, Wayne Dwyer's movie about making a movie. And it's fantastic because that's, it's loaded with what I'm gonna call accidental learning. So for someone like me, it's the learning that I already know because I've watched Wayne Dwyer and I know those things. And then for other people, you could say, oh, there's this, there's this kind of movie and it's kind of cool because there's little bits of wisdom dropped in, but it's learning from an unexpected source, right? And I think what we've got to do, or I think it's part of my job is to be saying to people, oh, have you thought about reading this? Or maybe you could just watch this and you know, just, just see what happens. And, and that will trigger some emotional intelligence going off and some understanding that, you know, and especially in the way the shift is done, that they're, they're just having these conversations, but then you can see these people's brains are going like this and they're going, all right, okay, so what do you think about this, doctor? And it's just that, putting yourself in that space, isn't it? What do you Absolutely. think? Absolutely, 100%. And, uh, you know, I'm a big proponent terms of uh, periodicals, uh, movies, anything that, you know, can trigger a thought or <coughs> change, I think is fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's this whole thing. For me, I always say to clients, there's only three things going on. We think something, we feel something, and it creates behavior. And that's obviously super simplified, but really that's what it's about. And sometimes I have to catch myself and I have to go, oh, yeah, 
what are you actually thinking then oh, okay and when we have that ability we can change our own state when we get to talk to somebody else who can look objectively who can hear us who can hold that space for us that's where the change is going to happen right absolutely so we we recently or as much as anything you did put we put together this talk that went out in antigua this round table conversation how do how's the feedback been on that i mean i know a lot of personal feedback people really loved it what what were your thoughts on that i was uh, so pleased that uh you know we put together a fantastic all-star team and uh, I, again, I really want to thank you for your input. And uh, that's okay. <laughs> it's a pleasure. You played a major role in uh, in making this happen. So uh, yeah, I've received nothing but very positive feedback. Uh, people are asking when is the next one going to absolutely. occur? <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, the discussion was absolutely phenomenal. So I am looking forward to. Uh, putting together another roundtable discussion. I, there are a number of topics that we just did not have the time to to cover. So, uh, you know, I'm really encouraged. And uh, again, I'm passionate. You're super passionate. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really looking to make a difference and uh, not it's just, just in No, and we just, we just have to keep sharing because I think when you can have something like that where there's you know obviously there's people with their wisdom so therapists whatever but then there's people who come from different demographics different experiences but all open to the fact that we are all human and therefore we're all going to have this stuff going on in our head and in our lives and to just sit and be able to be completely open about that conversation and not feel judged and to have different perspectives and I think that's something that's really important it's getting that other perspective isn't that somebody else's opinion and then all the people that are listening their brains are going oh my gosh yes that resonates with me and I think that's a really cool thing when you host something like that you have the different opinions so you have your audience all out there listening or watching whatever they were doing and they're going to resonate with different things. Yet those different things are mirrored in other people. So you sit there and you say, it's not just me. And I think that is one of the best things that comes out of it. It's not just me. I'm not the only one that thinks this or feels this. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're, we're human. We all have the same issues in some <coughs> shape, form or fashion. Yeah. We all have children that you know in many cases are teenagers and you know they're driving you crazy uh, you know we uh, we have our relationships and uh you know every single relationship has challenges and it's all about how do you deal with those challenges so again you know developing the coping skills having the ability to communicate uh you know you see that violence has increased uh, you know, as a result of COVID. Yeah. And, you know, in many cases, people are stressed out. Uh, you know, people can't feed their families. I mean, there are a myriad of 
of situations in terms of why people do what they do. But again, it goes back to you know the root cause. Where are we mentally? Yeah. Uh, do we have the skills? Because again, we uh, we weren't born with these skills. I mean, you know, fortunately, some of us have parents who are able to pass certain things down, but not all of us were uh, were given you know those skills. So it's. Uh, it's a situation where we want to provide a therapist and if you have the ability or you are looking for help, then we can provide that, uh, that service at, uh, at a reasonable cost. I think, I think that you've just, you've just avoided me having to ask really explicitly. So if people are listening to this and they're thinking, do you know what? I need, I need some of that. They can reach out to you, right? That's correct. So, okay. I um, mean, and, and under the links for all of this conversation, I'll put links for everything for people to be able to get into conversation with you. Um, I know at the top of the conversation, you were talking about how difficult it can sometimes be for people to get in touch with a therapist. How much easier are you making that for them? It's, it's very easy. It's a matter of going to our website and uh, completing the application that's there and uh, we'll match you with the therapist and get you up and running. Perfect. It couldn't be any simpler, could it? Absolutely. Does that, does that mean I can find myself a therapist later? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, in, the, in the US, uh, you know, it is not required but, uh, you know, if you are a licensed therapist, they suggest that you seek therapy, you know, Absolutely. on a continuous basis. Yeah. Because if you're dealing with other people's problems all throughout the day, I mean, yeah. I, I imagine it could become, you know, quite taxing. Absolutely. Well, the, I mean, statistically, years ago, there there were always the jokes about you know the psychotherapists and the psychologists who basically end up being completely crazy because they've done this too much. And for me, I mean, I, I don't necessarily say I seek therapy, but I have a coach and I have people. And I think a lot of people like myself, we're we're working and our connections are tribe actually are the people that feed us and help us that we bounce things from all the time and it's hugely hugely important quite often when I speak with friends or clients who are having a moment of meltdown as they might call it the first thing I'll say to them you're actually just being human and we are all human it's just that we've then got to say well is this bit of humanness going to be taking too much from me if I continue it do I need to do something else with it and I think that's the key thing and we all have the ability to seek out somebody who can help us and you know what you set out to do is fantastic and for sure it's going to go around the world and help lots of people which is fabulous and being able to be involved with that and be part of that and help you put that out there is awesome Oh, thank you very much. We are having a uh, another roundtable discussion uh, on behalf of the national, the U.S. National Bar Association. Fantastic. And 
Dr. Ayo Gaping is going to uh, head up that webinar. That's so, going to be awesome then. Yeah, so uh, we're really excited about that and uh, looking forward to more great discussion. Absolutely. Well, it's it's all about keeping the dialogue open, isn't it? Absolutely. And keeping it going. So I want, I'm not going to take any more of your time. I'm going to thank you for sharing with us. And then basically, I will make sure that all the links are available for everyone to come and check out what you're doing and how they can get hold of some therapy that, you know, and some good vibes that are going to help them to sort out what sometimes is a simple thing and sometimes is more complicated. You've got therapists who do different things. So you have someone for everyone. Well, thank you very much, Janice. Cool. Say, uh, one good deed begets another. Absolutely. The kindness sown in summer bloom like spring in mid-December. Oh, I like that. That's, that's a good thing to end on. That's a good thing to end on. It's been great to have you. And I know that lots of people are going to look out for more of those roundtable conversations and to reach out for MU and to see what the foundation does as well. Okay, thank you very much. Cool. Thanks, Will. Have a good All rest right. of the day. You too. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's conversation. What did you get from it? Did you get any light bulb moments? Any aha? Remember to sign up for your free 52 Conversations Planner and to be the first to experience the latest conversation, visit 52convos.com. Thanks, and I look forward to connecting with you next time.